0: Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Peckville Assembly of God podcast. We're so glad you're here. Now welcome Pastor Terry Drost with today's message. If you don't have your Bible, it's okay. No worries. We've got a great big Bible we'll put up on the screen for you up here this morning so you can follow along. I want to talk to you about how to obtain God's vision for the rest of your life. That's what God gave me, how to obtain God's vision for the rest of your life. And how many of you have uh, visions and dreams and goals and ambitions? Of course, we all do, right? Some of you are like, I'm not raising my hand no matter what they say. Okay, it's all right. It's early, I know. How many of you had your coffee here today? (laughs) The Bible said, where there is no vision, the people perish. Amen? Amen? Where there is no vision, the people perish. Uh, You know, I heard a funny story about a pastor that he, uh, he got a horse. I always wanted a horse. And um, so he wanted to train the horse differently. Instead of saying uh, giddy up, he would say uh, praise the Lord. So he got the horse. You know, every time he say praise the Lord, the horse would take off running. And then instead of saying, you know, like, uh, whoa, or whatever they say, they say, whoa, is that how they say it? Whoa, like that thing would stop. He would say hallelujah. And hallelujah, the horse would stop. So, you know, one day he said, praise the Lord, and the horse was doing fine, but for some reason it got spooked. It must have heard a tractor trailer going by or something, and it took off running. And it was headed right for a cliff, and the pastor knew what to do, and so he forgot literally, the, you know, the magic word hallelujah to get it to stop. And so he was saying, glory, 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 and uh, uh, help me, Jesus, and all kinds of stuff. And the horse kept charging right for that big cliff, about 500-foot drop. And, you know, and, and finally at the last second he said, hallelujah, and the horse stopped right on the edge. And to that, he said, Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> praise God. Some of you need to smile. If you're happy, you might want to inform your face this morning. Amen. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Where there is no vision, the people perish. Amen. Before the victory, there will always be a battle. Before every blessing, Comes in attack again, we talk about Revelation twelve twelve Habakkuk 2 and verse 2, the Bible says regarding vision, the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision down, write it down, and uh, inscribe it on tablets, make it plain on tablets. How many of you have a tablet? Okay, not a pill, but like an iPad. Okay, one of those things, or even a tablet, you write it down. Okay, you know, so they have like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You know, not that, you know, but write it down, right? Write down the vision. What does it look like? And then uh, the one that, uh, then it says that the one who reads it may run for the vision is yet for an appointed time. It hastens toward the goal and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it. It will certainly come. How many know good things come to those who wait? And a vision is no different. Any good vision, a great vision, will take a lifetime to accomplish. Right? Uh, Helen Keller one time, I don't know if you know Helen Keller, Was she was blind and deaf and mute and all these physical challenges born that way. She was one time asked, what could be worse than having no eyesight? And she said very quickly to have no vision. What is vision? Let's define it. Uh, Webster's says that vision is the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination and wisdom. Some other words for vision would be imagination, creativity, creative power, inventiveness, uh, innovation, inspiration, intuition, uh, perceptiveness, perception, uh, view, foresight, insight, farsightedness, uh, persistence, awareness, penetration shrewdness sharpness clever I can go on and on and on vision 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 what do you see not the physical eyes I'm not talking about the wear glasses or bifocals or trifocals or what do they got now multifocals um, but I mean I'm talking about what do you see in here amen and I may know God has a vision for your life and sometimes we've got to put our glasses on so we can see through God's eyes of faith Not just our own human reasoning. We're talking about faith now. God's vision for the rest of your life. You know, how am I going to accomplish what God wants? How do I even know? How about we start to, how do I even know what God wants me to do? You ever ask that question? Of course. We all have, right? What's God's will for my life? That's probably the number one question that we've gotten for generations here in the church world. People will come and they'll say, man, I need to, can I, and sometimes it's in a prayer line, or sometimes it's like, I want to call make an appointment with the pastor. I got to know, what is God trying to, what does God, what does he want me to do? Sometimes what does God want me to do about a situation? How do I know I'm in the center of God's will? Good question to ask, amen? And so vision is the way we obtain that. I want to talk to you about that this morning. There's three ways. Very simply, it's lined out in Numbers 13. Numbers 13. And the first way is this while you're going to Numbers 13. You've got to see it. You've got to be able to see the vision. Amen? Amen. Through eyes of faith. The great apostle Paul said, open the eyes of our understanding. And I want to see what God has. Amen? And, you know, in other words, we've got to picture it. We've got to have a picture in our mind. How many know that God created us as visual beings? And there's a great power in visualization. You've got to be able to have... Look, we've got the promises. The promises in this book are 7,000 strong. They're like blank checks waiting for you to cash them for your own personal life. But, but and the promises, we live in the promises. We stay in the Word. The Word guides the way, of course. okay. But some of us know the promises, but we don't have the picture yet. Do you get the picture? If I said to you, uh, horse... Immediately, because the way God created us, we get a, a visual. of it. You, you get it? Uh, dog, right? You get a certain kind of dog. Cat. Oh, sorry, that's demonic. Amen? Uh, <laughs> I was say, I'll be in Africa in a couple weeks, right? We'll be in Africa a couple days. Sorry. Okay. Leaving Thursday. I, I, I didn't forget. forget. I won't forget. Uh, if I say zebra to you, what do you see? You see it immediately. So there's something about God. He gives us as, as creatures with insight the power of visualization. I want you to visualize your life, again, your dreams, what God has for you in this new year of 2020. And Numbers 13, I mean, there's so many biblical examples, but this is just one of my all-time favorites. Um, The Bible says that the Lord now said to Moses, send them out, send men out to explore the land of Canaan, the land that I am giving the Israelites Send one leader from each of the twelve ancestral tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He sent out twelve of the tribal leaders of Israel from their camp to the wilderness of Paran. And here's some of the names. Now I'm not going to read the whole thing because it'll just take too long. But here's some of the names. You've got to hear this. How many, uh, anybody ever hear of uh, Shammuah? Anybody know who Shammuah is? Not Shammu like SeaWorld. You know, you get wet if you sit in the first six aisles. But Sham- no, nobody ever heard of Shammuah? I, I didn't think so. How about uh, Shapfat? Shapfat is a funny name. Anybody know who he is? Any books written about him? No, I didn't think so. Um, How about uh, Igal? Anybody know who Gal is? Not Agal, Igal, okay? Uh, How about uh, Palti? Anybody know who Palti is? No, Uh, I didn't think so. Um, How about. (laughs) That's so long. How about uh, Gadale? Anybody know who that is, Gedali? No? No? He's from the tribe of, of uh, Skywalker. <laughs> okay, sorry. I figured I'd get you back with that one, you know. Uh, uh, so, you know, there's, the point is, how about this one? You ready? How about Joshua? Ooh. How about this one? Caleb. Anybody know who Caleb is? Yeah. You know why we know who they are? Because they saw through eyes of vision and faith. They pictured what God had for them. They're right here in this list. and And here's the truth. Nobody remembers the negative people. Can I just preach to you today? I can read the whole text if you want, but you can read the Bible too. Amen? And you should read it. But nobody remembers the negative people, but everybody remembers the two men of faith who did something for God, not in fear, but in spite of fear, they operated in faith. And the Bible says that they went to spy out the land for 40 days and and they wanted to test the soil. They wanted to see what the, what the vineyards were like. They wanted to see if the cities were fortified. In other words, they had walls around them or not. And they came back with a report. You know, that's where they had pomegranates that were like the size of watermelons. Okay, they had guys carrying carry on a stick. My, my parents used to have the, if you go to the Holy Lands with us next month, you'll see the, they have them in all the gift shops over there made out of olive trees. They, these guys carry them back. Like Joshua and Caleb carrying back these, it's like bending the stick. I mean, can you imagine, you know, grapes, you know, the size of softballs, you know. I mean, this was quite a promised land, land of Canaan. And so, um, but when they came back, the only problem was, out of 12 of them went out, how many were fearful? Ten of them were fearful, but two of them had a good report, amen? Amen. And so, you know, they came back. You can look down and look at verse 25. After exploring the land 40 days, the men returned to Moses and Aaron and the whole community of Israel, the Kadesh, the wilderness of Paran. And they reported to the whole community that what they had seen and shown them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land that you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces. So they, they show the picture. But watch this, now it turns to fear. But the people living there are powerful, and, and their towns are large and fortified, and we even saw, oh my gosh, we even saw giants there. The descendants of Anak, and the Amalekites live, and the Gav and the Hittites, and it goes on and on and on, the Jebusites, and the Termites, and all that, okay? All right, I mean, it's just not going to read it to you. You read it yourself. Look at verse 30. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses and said, let's go at once and take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. Oh, what a difference a guy like Caleb had. In fact, if you read chapter 14, just read a little bit further, it says that Caleb and Joshua were of a different spirit. I believe they had the Holy Spirit. They saw things differently. Amen. You know, what, what makes uh, you know, one business uh, grow and flourish and another one stay on life support? One word, vision. You've got to see it. What, what, what keeps one church at 30 people, and I'm not knocking, I'm just saying, and another church blows up to 3,000 people 100 years later? What is it? Difference, vision, faith, amen? This is in your Bible. What about you? What do you see for your life? Your business, your health, your marriage, your finances, your kids. Trust me, I've got a great vision. Not to live my life through it, but I've got a great vision. When I was holding my grandson last night, I thought, what a great man of God he's going to be. I don't sit there and say, oh, my God, I hope the world doesn't get a hold of him. Oh, I'm so fearful. I'm not going to sleep at night because I'm so worried. The world is so bad. The world is so bad. We, it's, there's giants there. And, 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 we, and yeah, it's great, but... Watch those people that always have that but that, uh, the, the, the nevertheless in the King James. You know, nevertheless, we shouldn't do it. We're, and they all started getting all worried and working the people up and saying, oh my God, we can't do this. We better stay here and we're safe. And, and you know, Caleb had to literally like stand up, probably, probably had to get on some kind of a podium and say, hey, be quiet. <laughs> yeah. okay. We can conquer this land and we will conquer this land. Let me give you the second point. The first one is see it. Here's the second one. Say it. Speak it. Watch your words. Watch your words. Watch what you say. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak, the Bible said, Amen? Speak it. Call it in. Jesus said by a man's words he'll be justified. By a man's words he'll be condemned. Are you speaking words of life or death in this new year? Over your health, over your marriage, over your kids, over your grandkids, over your finances, over your business, over your job, whatever it is. You ever meet some people that walk around and like, go, oh God, this is going to be a terrible day. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, I love you from a distance, okay? Because <laughs> uh, I can't spend too much time with a person like that because they, they would deplete my energy. Are you hearing what I'm trying to say? I don't feel like too much like Jesus around them because they're so negative. It's like it has a gravitational pull. What a, wa- what a waste of time. What a waste of life that is. Is anybody listening? I hope this is helping somebody here. To... Listen, we built this house on faith. It didn't fall out of the sky. Nobody handed us a big fat check and said, here it is, go build a church. No, we prayed it into existence. And we spoke it into existence because God said We could. And I want to tell you, if God is in something, no man can stop it. Whether they like it or not, that's irrelevant. Can you say amen? Amen. Trust me, folks. You know this. Some of you were here many, many years, even before I was here, right? When you remember those days, we came out of a small church. Nothing wrong with a small church, as long as you're not small-minded. We didn't settle. You know, there's different types of people. There's people that are Trailblazers, people are pioneers and they're settlers. You know, settlers, they just kind of settle for second best. That's not what God's called us to do. In fact, it's not what He's called believers to do, period. The Bible says he'll move us from faith to faith. Glory to glory, amen. And Marv, you just moved into a new home, beautiful home. God's blessed his family. You know, that's a testimony of the grace of God. Amen. We shouldn't be ashamed when God blesses our life. You know, we, we, we buy a, like, you know, I had to buy a different truck. My, my truck was on life support, 220,000 miles. I had several people tell me, it's time, Pastor, it's time, okay? <laughs> it's louder than my washing machine. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, you know, so I was, you know, your flesh, oh, what will people think? You know what? Who cares what they think? Well, we got to make an excuse because we got to, well, I gotta, got a really good deal on it, you know? That's, that's ridiculous we got to say, yay, Jesus. Amen. Look what the Lord has done. Amen. What kind of a leader would people, you know, think about it, folks. You know, like I said to Marv, like, I celebrate with you. And, I was t- and we were talking even earlier about how we obtained our house. I didn't even have the faith to buy the house I live in. I really didn't. And God had to rebuke me over it. I lived in the same place almost 30 years up in the country, raised our boys there. And we were talking about downsizing, my wife and I. And, you know, three years ago, four years, whatever it was now, um, God brought us to a beautiful home that was, you know, it was kind of let go. Anyway, I remember standing in that front room and saying, oh my God, like the, the fireplace in that thing, the, the it's a Jerusalem stone. I mean, it's way over my, you know, we're talking about going into a smaller thing. Thank God we didn't. We have six grandkids now. <laughs> Our table is like 18 foot long. There are like 25 people there for whatever Christmas. I mean, thank God. We use every square inch of that thing. Trust me, I don't need an intercom like those fancy movies. I mean, I, I'm like, they're like up close and personal. There's kids everywhere. I mean, everybody's holding a baby, and it's, it's wonderful, you know. But see, God doesn't think small, and neither should you. You've got to see it. And the second point is, out of three, it's very simple. You've got to say it. You've got to say it. See it. Picture this, and say it. In fact, when we were building this church, I'll never forget it. Dad had this vision to relocate the church. Why? We had built five times on in that place. And we were landlocked on three sides. Remember Tony? It's so easy to, I said to my son, it's so easy to preach on vision because we've experienced so much of the blessing of God, right? Someone could come in my house, tap me in the chest at 3 a.m. and I could sit up and they could say, what's the vision of PAG? And I'll speak it just like that. You know why? Because we live this thing. It's not arrogance, it's not cockiness, it's not, we're taking credit, we're saying, look what God has done here. Look what God, right here in Lackawanna County, where they said it couldn't be done, amen? So I remember coming up early 2000s and spying out the land up here with my father, and it was like this January, except it was all piles of like, just broken glass and highway pieces of concrete. And, and I remember Dad, he had like these wingtip shoes on and he always, you know, dressed so nice back in the day, right? Still does. And, and uh, like, a, you know, like a long like, coat on and Pastor Lawrence, who was our associate pastor at the time, and, and uh, myself, I was doing the youth, I was that crazy guy doing youth and music, wearing a bunch of hats. And uh, we came up to spy out the land just like these guys. And I remember just praying and believing God, right, Tom? I remember we looked at all these different things and we were able to get this property and turn this from a from a dump of uh, they dumped the old soles of shoes from billing shoes. Right when you remember that when you were a kid, was it your father used to come up with the truck? And so even when we were excavating the site, we'd pull up these great big leather. Uh, they used to make shoes out of leather years ago. You know the soles. Uh, some of us still have, wear those kind. They're they're the best kind. Okay, um, but we, it, like Dwayne would be out here with his excavator and pulling that dirt, and here are this great big sheet of Shoe leather, that thick, like a quarter inch thick, where they stamped all the soles out would be underneath the earth where I'm standing. And it was a mess here. But God gave us a picture. Aren't you thankful God's got a picture for you, too, in your life? In fact, Marv, you got that? Let will show you this really quick. This is actually a conceptual drawing. I just thought about this this morning. I'm like, man, if we could just get, where is that? We had a, we, we, we were like, you know, it starts out, you get a picture of what it should look like. I'm going to show you an early picture of this church. It's not what we built, but it's very similar. This is an artist uh, rendering. Isn't that cool? This is in like, we built in 2008, but this was like 2001, 2002. See the little canopy on there? I'm glad they didn't go with the brick. Um, you know, cool color. See the glass on there? See, that that's all conceptual. This is long before we ever had drawings or blueprints or architectural design, all that fancy stuff. But we had the vision in here. And then we scratch it down on paper, write it down on tablets like we just read. Amen? What good is a vision if you won't even take the time to write it down? Amen? It's so easy. And then once we built the church, you know, we had 10 acres here is what we originally wanted. We didn't have 25. We had 10. And so... We had an opportunity to buy 15 acres of adjoining property. Can I tell you, when we went to buy it, I'm just saying this in love, like I love everybody. But there are people who got mad at that too. I mean, what can I say to you folks? How stupid that would be. How I many know adjoining property? Thank God we have it. We would not have been able to build any of the stuff that we're going to be celebrating in later this afternoon. To unleash the next vision. See how it works? There's always people, oh we can't do it, there's giants in the land, oh my gosh, oh oh, don't go there, oh, we better stay here on high ground, begin protect everything. Let me tell you, your life is to be given away to the glory of God, just like Amen. we sang a few minutes ago. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Let the world see that we serve a miracle working God. Jehovah Jireh, my God shall provide all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Nobody wants to follow a, a, a man of God that's living in a rusty old trailer with an extension cord hanging out the window plugged into his neighbors for power. Okay? What kind of God do you serve? What do you see? Come on, somebody. You see how easy this is? We've got to be able to see it in here. You can't keep saying and seeing that you're, you're going to end. It's not going to end well for you. Because if you do that, I hate to tell you this, but I want to help you today. It won't end well for you. Because the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's right. How do you see your business this year? That's right. Amen? How do you see your health? That's right. How do you see your marriage? Yes. How do you see your family? How do you see the church that you belong to this year? Well, I just don't know about that. <laughs> that ain't this church. That's right. yeah. Vision is what literally moves the ball down the field. Amen? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. It's because we know, we've been there. So we bought this property next door, 10 acres. I'm sorry, 15 acres. We had a congregational vote and all that, of course. And there were some people that left, but there were more people that came. It's like, okay, God, I hate it. I don't like it. I'll never get used to it, but it's part of it. Anytime you do something, it creates some movement. Is this making sense? Same with your own life. I mean, it's just, you know, it could be anything. You know? And so the people that will be repelled, the other people will be, the Holy Spirit will draw them. And I, and I just want to say to some people, just, just you know, put the ministry thing on pause, just vision for your life. There's going to be people that will walk with you for a season, and in last year they left you, and the best thing you could do is not cry, but you should just kiss it goodbye right. and move on with the vision that God has. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, my life and your life should be concerned about pleasing Him That's right. and not people. That's right. there it is. And I love people. I mean, I do. I mean, I'm a people person. I get around people. I can't even, I can't even be quiet because I want to I engage. I'm extroverted. My wife's the exact opposite of me. She's <laughs> always thinking. But it's vision. Amen? What do you see? What do you see? I have a looking glass, beautiful looking glass, on my desk that Pat Chatz line gave me last year. It's it's uh, maybe next service I'll bring it out here. It's in a case like a nautical case. It's like one they'd use out on the ship. And he said he walked in here on a Sunday morning. He's a powerful man of God. He's a good friend of mine. Came in here, very first time. He said, "I brought this gift for you, Pastor." On a fast and in prayers, I was preparing to come here and minister to Peckville this weekend, They did a big youth outreach. They did a youth rally. They did a leadership thing. Then he had Sunday morning. He said, what God showed me, watch this, he handed me this thing. It's on my desk. What God showed me about Peckville Assembly of God is get ready. Listen, fashion the seatbelt. Get ready. He's about to give you some new territory. Be on the lookout. What do you see? The Bible says anything that's not of faith is sin. Anything that's not of faith is sin. If you got it all figured out, it's probably not God. It's you. And I'm going to tell you what, God does a lot better job with your life than you will. Amen? I look in the mirror and I say, God, I, I know you don't got a lot to work with, but here I am, Lord, send me. I want to to be like David who said in the book of Acts, he served God's purposes in his generation, right? I want to be in the will of God. I want to do what God calls me to do. And sometimes it means there's resistance with that. Any good vision is not going to just come easily. It's It's going to require a fight. And that's the last point. You've got to see it. You've got to speak it or say it, and you've got to seize it. You've got to seize the opportunity of a lifetime. You've got to seize it know your season, right? Yeah. When we bought this property over here, 15 acres, and it was on faith. Remember Tony, you were on the board all those years, right? I became senior pastor in January of 05, and Tony, that was the first year you were secretary. Thank you, Tony, for serving. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for allowing Tony to serve. And thank you for serving too, Debbie. Amen. We saw so much, didn't we? Those rooms and those tables and praying and trusting God and deal with stuff. Just like, look, everybody needs encouragement, folks. Amen. The only people who don't need encouragement are people that are dead. Okay, don't waste your breath. Okay, I was <laughs> like, you know, you know. And it was like times of I'm just re- recounting what God has done here. And I remember we reached out in faith, bought that property, 15 acres. That's where. The ball field and those buildings and all that sit over there, uh, the sheds, all that highway frontage up there, worth way more than what we paid for it. And I tell you, just in equity alone, if you really, if you really look at it, between, then there was God's mountain that came. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't got a lot of time here, but are you getting the picture? Can you picture this? Can you picture it? Can you picture it like a camera flashing? It's a picture. That's a picture. But God didn't stop there. Then we got the property over here, and then we said, well, the only problem is there's a mountain on, on top of it. <laughs> Four and a half acres at the base, 85 foot to the peak. It poked up above the highway. And I said, but I've got this vision. We got this vision. We want to build these buildings, and we're going to do it on faith, and we're not going to borrow a nickel. Remember? And I remember the board saying, Pastor, we don't have any money. I said, it's okay. God has lots of money. In fact, he's richer than Warren Buffett. Amen. You might not believe that, but It's true. Thank God we didn't stop there. Thank God that we have men of faith that said, okay, not yes men, questioning things, business people, people that weigh out a dollar, all that, do the math, everything, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a walk of faith here, amen? You can write any kind of budget you want to write, I don't care, we, we have them here, believe me, we have budgets that are approved and everything, but you have to trust God for the income. If your outgo exceeds your income, your upkeep will be your downfall. Yep, yep. Was it something I said? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we trust God. That property, we started to clear it. And you know how much it would cost to level an 85-foot mountain of dirt at four and a half acres at the base? Machine-wise? Then you have to pay to get rid of it. Some people take free fill, but other people charge you to put fill. Tony verified It was over a quarter of a million dollars in 2010. We didn't have it. So we stopped. We stopped. We didn't have the money. And we prayed. And we went into a fast. And we went over there. And the Bible says in Mark 11, 22 through 24, Jesus said, if you say to the mountain, come on, this one made the national news of the assemblies of God. I'm just, I'm just helping to encourage you that it, this will work for your life, too. If you say to the mountain, That's right. there's times to pray and there's times to say. That's We've right. got to say it. And I remember going out and said, God, you said in your word that if we speak to the mountain, it will be removed. And we're saying, God, we're calling this in Romans 4, not the way it looks, but as it will be in Jesus' name. As it will be. See, that's what you've got to do over your own life in mountains of discouragement or I don't know what it is. It could be bills. It could be kids that are away from God and they're in jail. and I don't know what it is, but mountains will come. But the good news is, mountains will go. And you have the power, according to God's word, in within you, that you can achieve far above your wildest imagination. You know Albert Einstein, smartest guy that uh, unquestionably ever lived, you know, he said, imagination is far more, far more important than education. Because imagination rules the world. He said, it has no bounds. You know, someone said, What the human mind can conceive, you can ultimately achieve. Amen? That's true. That works for your life. It works for God's work. So we believe in faith. And so we prayed. Guess what happened? We spoke. A couple months later, we, somebody came and knocked on our door. We didn't even put any calls out. Remember, Tony? Came and said, Hey, we have a canyon. It's called the old Margile Battery site in Troop that needs to be filled and we studied this fill dirt, would you be willing to sell it to us? I I didn't say I have to pray about that. (laughs) Where do we sign? $40,000 they paid us to level what's now a ball field, a multi-purpose building, a food distribution center that feeds hundreds, thousands of people every week out of here including today, he'll feed the church and share the gospel. And so, look at this. I have in my office, I, have, I should have brought it out, maybe next service. Actually, you have a picture of it, Nathan? I put a conceptual drawing up of what this would look like. Look at it, it's hard to see. See the top one? That top picture is an aerial shot of the church, okay? The top picture, not the bottom one, the top one is a picture of the church, and then all that stuff on the left-hand side the ball field, the, the, the roof uh, of the multi-purpose building, the roof of the pavilion, the kids' play area, the splash pad, all that was not there. It was just a bare piece of land with a mountain on top of it. And we sent it to a guy in the Philippine Islands, and I said, this is what we're envisioning. We sketched this out. This is what we believe. Can you make this look like a conceptual drawing? He said, absolutely. Why do we send it to the Philippines? It was a lot cheaper than here. Okay? So... He put that on the bottom now is the picture we took in the year of 2015. Do you get the picture? You see how vision works. We have the promises of God, but we've got to get the picture of what God has for us. We get it through prayer. We get it through worship. This is how I fight my battles. You get it? It's a holy thing. It's a spiritual thing. And time spent with God, he'll re- release and relay the vision to us. Habakkuk to write it down. See it, say it, seize it. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Jack Nicholas, you know, won every golf championship a man could ever win. Called the Golden Bear, <laughs> he's retired many years now. Here's what he said, uh, you know, he actually won more championships, three more than second place Tiger Woods. So a pretty good guy for advice on golfing, I would say. He might be a little better than, than me. Um, <laughs> a lot better than anybody in this room. He was asked one time, why is he so successful? This is his answer. I would practice, he said, I practice everyday visualization. Not just technique. Visualization, I'm going to quote him now. He said, uh, I see the shot long before my body gets involved. Good. Amen. What do you see about this year that's now upon us? We're into the fifth day of a brand new decade. Will it be a decade of destiny for you? I believe so. Amen. There's always going to be naysayers. There's always going to be people tell you can't. There's always going to be people get mad over something. You know, you have no control over a lot of that stuff. You know, always be humble and kind. Okay. Great theologian Tim McGraw put that in a song a couple years ago. Always be humble and kind. Love them, pray for them, but follow the vision that God's put in. You can't miss. I mean, I think about it. If God's in it, the Bible said no man can stop it. That's Acts. If it's a flesh, it's destined to fail. I would say for 104 years, God has been good to this house. And I believe it's just the beginning. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? close your eyes. Father, I thank you that you do all things well. That vision, Lord God, is, it comes from you and from your throne and that it's not always a mystical thing, Lord God, but so much of it is practical. Your word is extremely practical. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I pray that this year, God, would be the year of the acceptable favor of the Lord over everyone in this room this morning, God, over their dreams and visions. and God, for whatever you've called them, whatever their lot in life is, God, help us not to settle. God, to be so settled that we get so overly comfortable that our comfortability leads us to being miserable and cynical people. God, I thank God that's not the story of this house, and the final page has not yet been written, but we embark together on a new journey as the work of God, and we speak blessing in life over everyone here, God. May we be able to hear what the still small voice of the Holy Spirit is saying about our own personal lives as well as the work of God. We bless your people, Lord, on this first Sunday. Evening. In Jesus' name, all God's people say. Hey, guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of you listening and tag us on your social thanks again for joining us. We love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.